Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is Force Center Meets. I'm Kat Napsok with Joseph Scrimshaw and Jennifer Landa for the first edition of a sit-down interview for video, for audio, and our special guest, because you can see him now, it's Jamie Stangroom. Yay! Hello. How are you, sir? Not bad, thank you. How are you all? We are great. We're, we're, on a, we're on a couch together. Yes. How could anything be wrong? This is yeah, the internet personified. A couch, some mics, cameras and lights, 
and a, a wonderful guest. This is what we're doing. Is here. Thank you. Thank you very much for your yeah. kind words uh, and your couch. It's, it's a pretty comfortable couch. It's a oh, good yeah, it's a IKEA couch, Joseph. Oh yeah, I know. Uh, these uh, are in most homes in Los Angeles. This relatively cheap leather <laughs> IKEA couch. Yeah. You walk through and you go, "That one looks like it will fit into my life and budget." <laughs> so here's the point of what we're doing here. We in Force Center love to talk about news. We love to talk about Star Wars. Uh, that's why you're here. But we love diving in deep. But also, we wanted to sit down with some of the people that we know in this business uh, who are Star Wars fans who do great things and spend some time with them, like like 30 minutes on a couch, like we're in a waiting room almost here. <laughs> Uh, and uh, Jamie, uh, we became friends uh, online. I was following your stuff. You have some great interviews on your YouTube channel, which we're going to talk about. You, you found some some older Star Wars actors, forgotten Star Wars actors, and some big legends as well. And you also have a great documentary kind of project. I guess I'll call it a documentary, but we'll let you explain Thank more you. a little bit later. Called uh, Empire Strikes Door. It's also uh, got a great uh, com- uh, comedic presence uh, uh, presentation to it. Um, but you and I kind of connected just over mutual, like, hey, I like what you do. I like what you do. You're over here in the States, and I, f- I really wanted to sit down and talk with you, man. So good to have you here. Yeah, that's pretty much what happened. In a whirlwind, <laughs> in a whirlwind of uh, cyberness and now real yeah. world. Real world. Like, yeah. you're a real person, I'm a real we person. We just had to prove ourselves to each other, didn't we, really? Yeah. That we do exist. Yeah. We had to, like, <laughs> each other up. Handle. I yeah. do feel like there should be a greeting in culture for we have been friends on the internet, but this is the first time we're meeting where we can see <laughs> your whole body, not just yeah. a little circle of your head. Right. Like, there should be a special handshake. Like, I think we should, like, just reach out and touch fingers. Just like, <laughs> just we're real. We're real. We're real. Let's do it. We <laughs> <laughs> We're like Ray and Kylo. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jamie, when did you uh, start really deciding to cover Star Wars on your YouTube channel? You've done a lot of stuff over there in the UK, BBC, your reporter, radio, all that kind of cool stuff. But when did you decide to focus on Star Wars? I mean, I've always been a Star Wars fan, and I feel like I genuinely have always been a Star Wars fan because yeah. I, as a kid, you know, even before I knew what Star Wars was, I had the toys because I've got a brother uh, now in his early 40s. So he had all the toys and it was always on in the background and what have you. So it's always been, before even knowing what it actually was, it's always been part of me, yeah. I guess. <laughs> and then uh, I, I, I had a sort of, I guess, a pretty normal upbringing. I went to school and eventually I left uh, my little city and I went to London for university and then got into broadcasting and radio. Radio is my thing. That's what yeah. I'm most uh, passionate about in terms of broadcasting. And obviously, that with the emergence of, uh, of YouTube, radios kind of slowly become, if not becoming, uh, if not become, television. It's all the same now, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Um, so the Star Wars thing kind of fitted into it all when I realized that not everybody in the world of uh, commissioning is as interested in Star Wars as I am. Uh, <laughs> I, you couldn't get anything commissioned, so I'll just go and do it myself. Right. And um, that's mm. really where the Star Wars uh, channel, the YouTube channel started. I yeah. mean, I call it a Star Wars YouTube channel because at the moment it is most 99% Star Wars right, right. content. But, I mean, the plan is to sort of branch out in terms of uh, pop culture. But, yeah, it was, it was Star Wars. That, it was specifically for Star Wars uh, that I started doing it and because yeah, nobody wanted it. And, and the big draw for what you do is you, you go out and find some of these, we, we say forgotten Star Wars actors. But again, you, you've sat down with Billy D. Williams, not forgotten in the least bit. Uh, when did you decide to do that? Did it just, I stumbled onto something and then it went from there? Yeah, the, well, the trigger for that was The Force Awakens. It was that picture that was released for the first time when we saw 
the gang back together, you know, at Pinewood mm. Studios. Oh, the, the reading of the script? Yeah, that photo. Yeah. That was the inspiration. Because it was, it was right. great to see the new faces there, along with uh, Mark Hamill, Carrie Fisher, etc. But, you know, where's... Where's a gonk droid when you need Where's, <laughs> yeah, where's low Brady Ewok? Where's, where's, where's Greedo? This is all well and good, guys. Uh, so I decided to go out and find the aforementioned people and, and more and um, catch up with them. Because the good thing for me was um, that they were mostly based in the UK. Uh, mm, yeah. And therefore, it was fairly easy to find them. Not all, but, yeah. but most of them. And I would do an interview with them, um, try and keep it light, uh, but occasionally it got a little bit... Um, you know, deep. Uh, <laughs> I, I think you know which one I'm referring to there. And then I'd make like a, an audition tape with them, a very tongue-in-cheek audition tape with them to try and show uh, Disney what they're missing out on and maybe get them back in a future <laughs> film, which you could say has worked because, of course, Billy yeah. D did take part and right. he's now back, isn't he? Yes. You did it. You, you brought Lando so, um, back. I can't reveal the you. exact commission figure I'm, I'm on for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, when you're interviewing them, do you find that... Um, I saw the documentary uh, Elstree 76, is it? Yeah. Uh, that really highlighted not, not only uh, the experience of being one of these kind of smaller characters, but that there's this level of competition in the autograph market mm. where your your status depends, like how much you were featured in the film depends on how much you were in the movie. Mm. And that, that documentary brought out how some of the, the actors kind of had little rivalries of like, I don't like this guy who claims he was in this corner of this <laughs> shot because he's... You know, look, look, Greedo, Greedo, that, that's big money, but this guy's trying to hit, you know, like, <laughs> how much do you find that there is that whole story with them of uh, competition or need for identity? Yeah, I've, I've come across this a lot, and don't get me wrong, I would love to have uh, Mark Campbell on, on the channel at some point, but I'm more interested, the niche of the better yeah. in my book, and... I have found this everywhere I've gone because, of course, there are there's more than one Ewok. You know, and it wasn't just Warwick Davis, but he's like you know, King Ewok. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was more than one Stormtrooper. You know, so Stormtrooper rivalry uh, yeah. I've come across. Um, uh, but the one that I love the most is the medal bearer at the end of A New Hope in, in the throne room scene, Nick Joseph. Wow. Right. So wow. He's probably, there's a website, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but if you, if you uh, Google there's a search engine of choice, Star Wars actors' appearances, this is what someone's got a website where all the conventions in the world have been put in one place. So you've got Billy D. Williams and you'll see exactly where he's going to be for this. For oh, this, cool. This this time, yeah. And Nick Joseph, medal bearer, <laughs> is the busiest Star Wars actor in the world. Like, he is just living the dream. He's like in his, um, I guess he's in his 60s, maybe even touching uh, 70. And he's just traveling the world. You know, best retirement ever. And he's just stood there holding a medal in a box, you know. And, and he knows that. He yeah. knows that. Uh, he was very good at it. You know, I'm surprised the Olympics <laughs> never sort of yeah, took him on. Yeah. It was real life medal bearing. But what I love about him, I met him for the first time. Um, I don't go to too many um, conventions just mm. because they're too busy for me. They're too busy. I yeah. can't handle it. I can't handle it. Oh, just the, the volume it's, of people? Yeah. 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 It's like and, this couch um, times a million. Even yeah. I'm British. I, I, I mean, I will queue. I will queue because, yeah. you know, it's, that's, that's it's like our religion. Do. But I don't like <laughs> it still. You know, I don't want to queue all day. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I don't go to that many, but I went to one in my home city of uh, Coventry, which is just famous for when they bombed loads in World War Two, and uh, also <laughs> two-tone scar music, if you like the specials. Yeah, yes. oh, I do, yes. From uh, mm-hmm. Coventry, that's about it, though. Um, they had a convention, because now I'm sure it's the same in the States. There are conventions everywhere, yeah. every yes. weekend, particularly in the summer. And they had one in Coventry, so it was a good chance to 
go and see my mum, get my washing done, go to a convention, <laughs> do some interviews. And Nick Joseph was there, the medal bearer. And um, I, I'd always, always been in the back of my mind as someone I've got to get. I've yeah. got to get. But he's too busy. So. <laughs> he's <laughs> the, the medal bearer. Medals, yeah. He's the medal and, bearer. And uh, I, I finally got him, and he's hilarious. I haven't put the interview out yet, but I have actually pretty much edited it. So uh, next couple of weeks, I'll have it out there. Uh, he was hilarious, and and he's completely aware of how small his role is because you get some who who don't cast themselves as extras. They went to acting school, you know, and yeah, they right. are a little bit bitter almost that they're remembered. I mean, some yeah. have a great uh, sense of humour over it. Paul Blake, who's Greedo, yeah. he did like BBC radio dramas. He did, you know, a lot of theatre. Same as Jeremy Bullock, by the fair. Yeah, you know, right. they, they were proper, you know, proper a lot of them are in Doctor Who. Yeah, like, yeah, but will only ever be remembered, you know, as Greedo or Boba Fett. And those two, cool with it, absolutely love it. But you do meet some who are a little right. bit more. But going back, sorry, going back to the medal bearer, Nick Joseph. So he was, um, well, I was doing a chat with him. And it was, it was fun. He had he actually brings a replica medal with him to <laughs> everywhere he goes in life, but also to conventions. Yeah, but especially conventions. Yeah. And uh, and he's got the original hat as well. I don't know how he stole it. From to keep that he hat, had vision to say like, yeah. "I'm going to be able to live off of this. Yeah. I'm going to steal this." Yeah. You and was chatting away, and I, I it just popped into my head that I'm also randomly friends with another medal bearer from A New Hope on uh, on Facebook uh, called Derek Lyons. And he's definitely not going to appreciate me saying this, but I'm saying it. Yeah. I'm saying it. You've got yeah. the exclusive here. And um, I was like, hang on, how can they have two medal bearers? Because it was such a short moment. You don't, yeah. need, you right. know, you don't need a medal bearing stunt double, do you? Let, let's, you know, <laughs> My wrists so are I tired. Said, um, yeah. So I was like, Nick, um, so what part did Derek Lyons um, have to do with this? Because you're both claiming to be the medal bearer, but there's only one medal bearer. And, and he said, well, actually, if you do look carefully, you'll see in two different shots that we're, we're two different people. They did actually, for whatever reason, have two medal bearers. <laughs> but it's, but it's supposed why. to be the one? one? Um, but uh, he, it turns out, I was like, okay, because I, yeah, I sort of know Derek a little bit. And uh, he's like, oh, okay, yeah, Derek, Derek, does, Derek doesn't want to come out to play with me. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, yeah. what, what are we talking here? He goes, oh, he won't come to a convention I'm at. Oh, really? Wow. Whoa. So there is proper medal-bearing beef out there. <laughs> medal-bearing <laughs> beef. It's like, I'm the medal-bearer. If you want a medal-bearer, it's me. Yeah. Well, you're not getting me. Right. So they, and Nick doesn't mind. He, he says, it, it just reminds me of the Anthony Daniels and Kenny Baker thing. Right. Mm. Yeah. Um, Deep-seated feud. Yeah. He, he, he would happily, um, you know, go to a convention with the other medal-bearer, yeah. Derek, but... No, Derek won't, won't Derek have it. Won't so, do it. Yeah, Derek even you know the, the minutest of the moments in, in the film there. Yeah, there's still rivalry and um, almost That's bitterness. It's strange that just because he didn't get the whole role to himself, and he's, I don't know. <laughs> and then technically, when there's an action figure, because weirdly there is an action figure for the least action role. Right. Of, yeah. Of, oh yeah. Middle bearer. Um, it, there's only one, of course. They don't have a uh, two faces, so I guess right. Derek doesn't like the idea that that's technically not just his face. <laughs> right. That would be amazing if they made an exclusive that came like a six-inch black, black series, series thing where you could switch out the head for which <laughs> metal oh. bearer you want to have. I an think we just put that out in the universe, and this will happen. <laughs> I like now, it, Jamie. Your videos come from a humorous point of view, but a lot of love for Star Wars and a lot of love for the content. I know Jennifer, you've done a lot of YouTube videos that, you know, you have some subjects you're sitting down with people and you're coming from a point of love and humor, mm -hmm. but maybe it doesn't go right, if you know? Right, that's what I was thinking, is that when you approach these people and you say, hey, I want to interview them, are they, are they generally touched? And then what do you say to convince them to participate in these, you know, funny moments or bits at the end, like Jeremy Bullock or Femi Taylor? Yeah, um... 
guests, there's a combination of getting their permission and also just springing it on them at the last right. moment. It's too late to, <laughs> to, back, to out. back out. Um, I'm trying to think back now with, with Star Wars. I mean, part of my uh, radio job before I started doing this was I was completely on my own. It was a, it was a BBC national radio station, but radio, there's like no budget. So I was sort of left on my own doing a late night thing. And uh, I had to learn to how to approach publicists and mm. bloggers and <clears throat> agents and what have you and ended up building a t- contact sport. But actually it was mostly in the music and comedy world. Um, so I was sort of starting again with the uh, Star Wars convention actors um, mm. world that still used, I guess, the same approach. But equally, do you know what? I probably also played the card that, by the way, this is not for the BBC, but I do do interviews for the BBC, so maybe you'll get a good interview out of me. Maybe you won't, but yeah. <laughs> it's, worth, it's worth, worth, worth a go, yeah? Yeah. Right. And I, you know, I don't know why anybody said yes. I really don't, because the channel was new. There was no subscribers. There's still right. only a few subscribers now. Um, I, I don't really know. Um, but now there's a portfolio. So, you know, I can say to... Uh, future metal bearer from episode nine, should a <laughs> spoiler alert, um, that we've, we've had Billy D. Williams on, we've had uh, Frank Oz on, you know, and, mm. uh, as well as people you know from the convention circuit. And, and also the nice thing I think people realise as well, some of these guys, that they're not going to um, uh, maybe uh, get like a, an hour's dedication to them on a BBC programme or, or AMC or CNN or whatever. Right, right. I think this is their moment. They, this mm-hmm. is their chance to come on shows like mine and yours to sort of tell their story and sort of yeah. cement their legacy. I think some of them genuinely get that, you know, that it is their chance, you know, and they do. A lot of them, I'm sure you found as well, aren't necessarily Star Wars fans, you know, and they can't mm. believe that they're still talking about it and making money out of it in some <laughs> cases 40-odd years later, but they get it and they they get, I think a lot of them get the internet now. They're all on Facebook and are friends with thousands of people around the world they've never met. Right. right. So, yeah, I mean, I have, I'm trying to think who reject, who's rejected me so far. I have definitely been rejected. Yeah. You uh, have. I'll definitely. In, in person oh, yeah. or from, uh, <laughs> no, I, that, that sounded like I meant a dating thing. I did not. I mean, like, oh, have you walked uh, up to somebody and it's like. How long you got for the dating? <laughs> <laughs> Separate podcast. That rejection list. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Because you've got, I mean, a wide variety of subjects. I, I would yes. think that so many of these smaller actors, and again, this is a little bit from seeing that Elstree documentary, they are aware, I think there's a little bit of a sort of a proper work ethic of, this is a way that I can make money. Mm-hmm. I might not care about this film, but fans really, right. really care about this film. And doing an interview is only going to highlight exactly. and advertise a way exactly. that they can make money. So I'm, I'm interested why somebody who would be like, yeah, I was the stand-in for Ponda Baba, and I want to make money. No way I'm talking to this guy. Like, <laughs> why would you draw that line? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <Ponda> Baba, <laughs> he's got he's got a line, man. <laughs> got a oh, line. I guess it's because he doesn't like you, right? <laughs> he uh, like yeah, you. and of course, um, who's who's the Doctor Bonda's Bonda's mate, Doctor Doctor Everson. Yeah, he died recently. The oh actor. no, yeah. And there's no interviews with him. Mm. I mean, he was an extra um, as, as a he's a, a jobbing extra. Mm. There are no interviews with him. Wow. Because of course, we weren't doing this 30 years ago, were we? Yeah. But right. now with the the extras supporting roles in the newer films. We are doing this now, so you, it, it, but it's just a shame that there's nothing from that actor who apparently was a right character as well. Oh mm-hmm. no, what I've read in the tributes to him uh, when he when he passed away, um, it, it's just a shame. So I think, I think from that point of view, from a morbid point of view, some of the some of the guys are thinking this is like I said before, my last chance to sort of yeah. tell right. my story. And I'm, I think the one I'm most proud of, or not maybe not most proud of in terms of. Uh, the quality of the interview necessarily, but in terms of 
proving that this is worthwhile is uh, I spoke to um, Eric Bausfeld, who was the voice of Admiral Akbar, mm-hmm. and oh, he did yes. die right. shortly after. Yeah. Um, so it was, I think, his last interview, to be honest, last of two interviews that yeah, he did. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Um, so that's that was, yeah, that kind of made it feel like this is worthwhile and, you know, this is going to be there forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, you know. Yeah. I think that's what's valuable. We talked about this before, but like we we mentioned Boshek, one of your favorite characters. Yeah, one of my favorite side characters. Yeah, turns down Obi Wan, goes, and there's no record of who that actor was. It was different time, and so yeah, what you're doing here, it's like you are kind of doing a research as well, historical Star Wars research. Yeah, putting I a actually, name to some of it. Do have to do some research, some actual work. I can't just turn the camera <laughs> on and talk. It's, that's, that's the disappointing element to it all. But um, yeah, it's it's true. It's true, and. Um, I don't know if there's anyone else died that I've interviewed on that. <laughs> Have, not do, yet. Do not you yet lead with that at this point where you're like, I, I know human lifespans are only so long and I would like to record your legacy. <laughs> would, would you start approaching people that way or is that too morbid? That's my new experimental approach uh, after, <laughs> after this for whoever's next. What I loved was one of my favorite interviews that you did was Ahmed Best. Yeah. The Jar Jar interview. To me, it was the first time where we really, I really felt like we had heard his side of the story. And it just was so touching. It actually made me love the character of Jar Jar mm-hmm. more. Did you kind of approach that from that perspective of you wanted to get his side of the story? You wanted to kind of redeem the character? Or were you just wanting to talk to him? Yeah, I come f- towards Jar Jar, I guess, from an indifferent place. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't young enough to love Jar Jar when The Phantom Menace came out, but equally I wasn't old enough to hate him. <laughs> so yeah. I've always been indifferent to the character. Uh, I, I don't really like The Phantom Menace. I think it's the weakest of all the Star Wars films, in my, in my opinion. Um, but I hate it. It's, it's a film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. um, so y- yes and no. Yes and no. Um, I guess without sounding all um, fancy pants, because I'm not... Um, I guess from a journalist point of view, it's it's the most interesting yeah. person to speak to because there's not much evidence of him speaking about it out there. You know, right. he really hadn't done apart from the interviews he had to do. Obviously, during the promotional um, cycle of of the Phantom Menace, there's no kind of like looking back. This is you know let's let it all out. Um, yeah, mm. kind of uh, vibe from him. And as Ken knows, I don't really know why he spoke to me. I tweeted him, and we ended up you know in the, in yeah. the DMs, and it kind of went from there. And we did it on Skype. And then we did a follow-up because uh, my and my my few subscribers noticed my productivity is not is not particularly high on the channel. <laughs> I record something and like that Coventry Comic Con I mentioned. Yeah. That was last Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get the Metal Bear interview out at some point, hopefully. Um, not the this, fastest editor. Yeah, yeah. Come after yeah. that Comic Con. Yep. Um, so with the Ahmed one, it came out a long time after I recorded it. And the Darth Jar Jar theory had come out by the time my interview came uh, out, of course. Oh, why would I think of something like that, you know? Right, right, so right. we didn't talk about it. And I got a lot of comments from people asking, well, come on, man, why didn't you ask him about Darth Jar Jar? What's <laughs> yeah. wrong with you? You're letting us How down. dare man. you, yeah, sir? I let the whole entire, well, not the entire, but anyway, I let a massive portion down of the Star Wars fandom, <laughs> it seems, by not asking that one crucial question that... Again, why would that even exist in anyone's up. mind at that point? And uh, I reached out to Ahmed for a follow-up because it did get a good response. And I think, um, like, like you said, people did warm towards certainly him and, mm-hmm. and even the character more more after that, uh, after hearing his story. So we did a follow-up, a Darth Jar Jar one. And, um, also, I should say, every interview I've done with him since the original. And yeah. it's been You've done three, three now, right? Yeah. Right. yeah. We chat for hours and I 
now I've just started putting like 50 minute versions out. Um, we chat about everything he does because he's such a talented guy. Mm. He's a musician, um, he's a writer, uh, he's an actor, of course, yeah. as well. And um, he's now, do you know what? I'm going to tell you something. Yeah. I'm going to meet him after this. <gasps> wow. For the first time in person. Really? Oh, 2 wow. p.m. Wow. Los Feliz? Is Los Feliz? Yeah, Los Feliz. Yeah. Yeah. Los yeah. Feliz. We are meeting for the first time. So I will do the finger touch oh, with him. Yes, please. Transfer yes, those long, powerful like gummy cyber fingers. Pen pals for like... That's, that's great. Amazing. Just the sentence, I'm going to meet Jar Jar Binks in Los Feliz, <laughs> yeah, is it's powerful. It's happening. But we're not recording anything. Yeah. We're not recording anything. Uh, we're just going to hang out, have a coffee or a beer. Or that's that's um, great. That's great. Yeah. We're not going to follow you at all. No. Nope. Nope. There will be no uh, secret paparazzi photos. <laughs> <laughs> Moving hedges and in, in the times that you've talked to him, and that, what I think, what Jen, what you're saying about the interviews, uh, especially the last one for me is my favorite because he reads the Chuck Wendig aftermath interlude in George's voice. You get a sense that even though he... He's proud of what he's done. He's maybe hurt, and we, he now admitted some dark stuff about that. But you get a sense that he's still he's still there for it. Am I wrong in that, Jamie? That you you know him? I think you're right. You're pen palling him. Yeah. Well, real. He's gonna be a real life friend. <laughs> um, I think you're absolutely right because I'm trying to think back again uh, to the approach. Um, I imagine it wasn't particularly easy. I was like, sure, I'll do it. I, I must have had to sort of yeah. convince him somehow. God knows what I offered. I promised him the world. He's going to be expecting it now in Los Feliz. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, my feet. Um, so, yeah, he's... The first time I interviewed him, because it was part of the original series, I was doing yeah. the, the audition tapes for these oh, are the actors okay, you're yeah, looking yeah. for. And uh, I gave him the... There's only so much we could do over Skype. So I gave him the... Um, I didn't tell him about this in advance. I gave him the Liam Neeson um, famous Taken. Oh, yeah, the phone call. Yeah. And asked him to do it in the voice of Jar Jar. And he thought it was funny, and he did it. And it, and it, yeah. was, it was fun. And then second time round, he did the... He loves the Darth Jar Jar theory, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He yeah, really enjoys great. it. Um, and he feels like there is some truth to it because he was supposed to have a bigger role, of course, in Attack of the Clones, and then mm. the backlash uh, changed that. And he did film more scenes than we saw, including one, and I believe this is pretty common knowledge, where he's walking down a corridor. It's a dark scene with uh, Palpatine and... He's kind of thanking him for his support, and so he's, he's he said the potential for Jar Jar to you know not necessarily be a Sith Lord, but to yeah. to, to become a bad guy was, yeah. was there. You know, it was in it was in motion uh, almost. So he likes that theory, and he you know, and he kind of likes the new lease of life in a way is given. Um, yeah, at least on the in, the character at least on the internet. So he read some standard kind of Sith Lord lines in the voice that he would, he would have done <laughs> I, for Darth Jar. I see you becoming the most powerful Gungan. Yeah, he dropped. Um, I'll have to, it's online, but he did two versions. One where he dropped the kind of uses and nieces because he felt maybe that was an act. Oh an yeah. Act oh. oh nice. But behind the uses and nieces, he's actually this very sort of clever, you know, puppet oh. master like Palpatine. Ooh, you know, that's characters. beautiful. So he did two versions. One, as we would expect, with the Misa and, uh, and then without. Without. Um, and then third, yeah, with the Chuck Wendig. Uh, yeah. Ryan. And he and he really enjoyed that as well. And he's always said to me he'd never come back to Star Wars. Mm. He still says that in all three interviews. I've asked him once again, you know, because yeah. he's seeing you know, a lot of love for, for the character now. 20 years on, yeah, the, the anniversaries this year. Yeah, yeah. I keep saying, well, coming come up, back yeah. and he keeps saying, no, I'm happy with my part in the Star Wars. And he was a fan as well before you know, yeah. getting involved. Um, I I don't believe him. 
Yeah. Yeah. I feel like he's definitely warming. He feels the warmth coming towards him and he's warming back, right back at you. Yeah. Um, I've, I've got a feeling. I don't think we've seen the last of Ahmed Best in Star Wars, whether it be voicing a character. I would love him to play a new character. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that would be great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's a phenomenal actor in the, the little uh, bits that you make him do. I mean, that Brian Mills thing is a is a cold read. That Taken thing, just as a cold read, yeah. is great. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and what he did with the, the Chuck Wendig, which I, I love Wendig's little intro there, really, really... Makes you think about Jar Jar. It makes you feel sad and sorry of what happened to Jar Jar. Then you apply it to the real world. I thought he brought something to it there. I would love to see him do yeah, that. Yeah, and, and that was cold too. Like um, yeah. I when I messaged him yesterday just to sort of uh, organize today, the last <laughs> last text message I sent to him was the copy and pasted of Chuck Wendig's words. Yeah, so I was like, oh, what, 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 hey, you know, oh yeah, it was that. <laughs> <laughs> That's Jar-Jar awesome. Looks on at the fountain or something. Um, a few minutes left here. I do want to talk about some other stuff, but you, 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 we got some questions for you, uh, uh, some more. But uh, Billy D, you sat down with Billy D. Williams, and uh, I mean, Billy D is Billy D. He's cool. He's calm. He's collected. And I, I was watching the interview again this morning. Were 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 you were you afraid that that one could go wrong? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it was potentially. It probably was one of the most awkward ones. I think, yeah, actually, he was. I think he had a few moments of, why am I doing this? Like, why, why? But then... <laughs> I'm Lando. There's a green screen, because I got him in, we got him in front of the green screen, and um, for his audition, he was, uh, it was like, name a star, you know, name, you know those name a star things? Which yeah. Because, yeah. you know, you can't even have a star forever, let alone really have it as your own. Yeah. Uh, he had a name a cloud uh, <laughs> um, business that, he, that he'd moved on to. And he did it. And you know what? Like, gave him the lines, he... Just it? turned it on. He was brilliant. Yeah. But there was a few moments during the interview where I think he was a bit like, why? why am I, Who are why you? Am I, <laughs> right. Why? What? How? Where's my agent? Um, but to be honest, it was fine. It wasn't the most awkward. The most awkward was uh, Dave Prowse, the body of Darth Vader. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not his fault. He's, he's, not, he's not well. He's, um, yeah. He suffers from dementia. So I was mm. sat um, in South London, an area called Croydon, um, in his garden shed. Uh, which called his very own Death Star, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it, it was there was a few moments where it was like, I'm not even sure we should, mm. should be doing should this. Be right. um, but the edit was fine. The edit was yeah. absolutely fine. And he's actually retired from the convention circuit. Now. Okay. Okay. Just can't anymore. Yeah, yeah his story. That 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 documentary uh, with I am I am fathers is heartbreaking, but also a great watch about. Prowse. And great that they did that with him while they could. Yeah. You right. know, that was a they had yeah. to do that now, yeah. in that moment. Mm. Okay, okay. Uh, we got some questions for you here, right? We're yeah. going to wrap this up with some fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. I love how you, uh, you obviously have a lot of reverence for Star Wars, but you also have a lot of playfulness towards it and the nostalgia. What are some of your comedic uh, inspirations? What did you grow up watching or were inspired by? Yeah, um, I was never into stand-up comedy so much. Mm. Um, I think I've probably only been to... Stand-up shows in my life, but I grew up watching. I mean, we get a lot of American television uh, in the UK, so a lot of American comedies. But I was never into like Friends or anything. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> comedy stuff. Yeah, <laughs> but I guess also the classics like yeah. Faulty Towers and Monty yeah. Python mm-hmm. and right. what have you. Um, I also and these 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 didn't cross over here because they're more sort of local. Uh, Satire, news, uh, comedies, things like Brass Eye in the UK and mm. the, the Day to Day, um, which um, actually um, 
Oh, name's left me. How's the name left me? Um, mm. Anyway, we'll move on because the name's not going to come <laughs> back to me in time. Um, but you would know him because he's, he's sort of crossed over. But yeah, they were sort of, you know, I would be a British office guy over the American office. Yeah. And that's not a patriotic, like, oh, yeah. right. Britannia. That's like, I just prefer that style. Yeah, yeah. to mm-hmm. me as well. Yeah. The Ricky Gervais style. Yeah. Um, so they were my influences, uh, really. Um, Stand up comedy wise, I don't have many. Um, yeah. But that is clear, the kind of mockumentary style yeah. a yeah. little bit yeah. in your in your videos, which yeah. makes it so fun. But then you also clearly have a love for Star Wars. and so. Oh, absolutely. No, it's, yeah. it's like Star Wars and football, and I'm talking about round. Yeah, <laughs> not on that's, long. That's, that's it, you know, yeah. my family, friends. Those friends are the point. Tick boxes, don't they? But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely love Star Wars. And the kind of mockumentary style of comedy is certainly something that I've always enjoyed uh consuming and is something that i'm i kind of uh, would want to to make uh right. more of and brass eye was that it was a fake news show basically mm. but it nice. involved real it. life people uh, <laughs> oh, seen them. and this great. was years ago it's like you know, like late 80s early 90s okay. i'll wait for nbc to finally adapt it to do over here yeah so yeah, I I loved uh, that you asked people the weird, surprising questions. It's something that that I like to do, and I think it, it it seems to me like some of what your charm is in how you get extra interesting information out of people that you ask these weird questions, but in a playful way that's clearly not uh, making fun of them, but inviting them to have fun. Right. So I wanted to ask you a similar kind of question. So if you could have your arms replaced by the arms of any character in Star Wars, which Star Wars character's arms would you like to have? If I went for General Grievous, I would end up with more arms than I initially had, yeah? Right. Yeah, you would trade up. That'd be great. You know, <laughs> I could only win out of that deal, yeah. surely. But, like, I don't know, my arms, I'm not, I don't go gym much. My arms okay. aren't very strong, and, like, there's hair on the, the majority of the rest of my body, so why not go for Chewie's arms? Chewie's arms. Chewie's strength. Those are... you know, I model my appearance on a Wookiee, so it all kind of matches. It's... Perfect. You know what? Is a question asker. I'll say, why don't you just combine them? You can have four Wookiee arms. Wow. <laughs> Wookiee octopus, that's amazing. <laughs> oh my God, Which I is, love that. Uh, they're a weird, ironic, uh, t- you know, with Wookiees pulling arms out of sockets. Yeah. They're going to pull them yeah. out of theirs. So oh, pulling, pulling names. Up. Steve Coogan was the name I was looking for. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Coogan, yeah. 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 Popped, popped in your head. With we four Wookiee arms, Coogan. you could pull it out of your... Even though I couldn't remember his name, um, but yeah, once I got... You gave me the extra arms, <laughs> that name like out, baby. That name but out. even though I couldn't remember his name, he was real inspiration to me of Alan Partridge and yes. the characters he's oh, played. Oh, yes. Yeah. The Partridge yes. character, yes, yeah. absolutely. I love uh, he and the other guy go on the road trips. I forget his name. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Rob Ryden. Rob, yes. Yeah. Those ones are uh, interesting as well. Uh, final thing for me here, you one of my favorite interviews of yours, uh, and I do want to talk about Empire Strikes Doors. We we close out, but one of my fa- is is Brian Blessed, oh, Boss yes. Nass. He seems a little touched in a good way. He is out there. How would how did that one come about? So that one came about because he was promoting a book, mm. and I got him because we were going to do a BBC interview and I said, oh, by the way, I also do these Star Wars interviews. <laughs> could I could, maybe could bring a camera? Yeah. Had an absolute disaster. I'm not great. I come from a radio background. I'm right. not great with cameras. I'm learning as I go along. Yeah, they're, I they're messed around, it yeah. up completely, <laughs> which is why you don't see me in the interview. And yeah, you, and that's you only right. see him in really grainy, <laughs> you know, noisy footage. Yes, uh, that I've just covered up as much as I can with overlaid, you know, sort of stills and right. video clips. I had an absolute technical uh, mare. 
but you know, some might say it's the best interview. Less of Jamie, yeah. I'm in. Um, <laughs> and he was just brilliant. And you know what? I wish the technology. Uh, I wish I knew what I was doing a bit more. And I wish I had more. Do you know what? I had loads of time with him. I wish I got across more how passionate he actually is about Star Wars. Mm. He's a thespian, you know? Yes. yes. He's done Shakespeare. He's done it all. But he loves sci-fi. He wants to be like the oldest man to go to the moon. And, right. Um, and he just, his knowledge, I had to cut so much because it was, it even was, the audio was, I mean, the radio stuff was fine, but um, cause we did that before. But yeah, I, there's so much that never saw the light of day. And I've had people commenting saying there was a weird cut there was it not more he's, yeah you know, said about sebastian shaw are you hiding something it's like no it just it was he just it was a nightmare. <laughs> wouldn't stop talking about sebastian shaw but he there's so much i couldn't use in the end and i love to speak to him again or yeah. if he's ever here in the states you guys have got to try and get him because you got to get through the agent of course but if he hears that you want to talk about star wars he he's will in how long do you need? Oh <laughs> I, uh, I'm obsessed with the Boss Ness character, the voice, and the, and, and it, it, it synced up. He was Boss Ness. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's so proud of it. It's nice, you know, because I don't know how much he knows about the, because I doubt, you know, he doesn't use the internet. He's, he's yeah. a publicist and he's in the forum. But, I mean, I don't know how much he knows about the backlash towards the prequels and what have you, but if he knows about it all, he doesn't care. He's so <laughs> proud of it and just awesome. so proud to be part of Star Wars. Yeah, and, um, great. You know, and you heard in stories, George Lucas just really wanted Brian Blessed to be part of part of that. Um, A Flash Gordon connection, right? So yeah. Yeah. that would make sense yeah. for George. Uh, as we close here, Jamie, you're working on something that's uh, really interesting called Empire Strikes Door, mm. which is, of course, based around who is the stormtrooper that hit his head on the door, New Hope. Who is the actor that portrays them? And as you were discussing early, the, earlier, the, the controversies and, and, and the heat among some of these performers, there's at least three who claim to be this stormtrooper. Yeah, so I could have brought this up earlier when you asked me about the kind of um, the beef stuff come yeah. across, uh, but I didn't want to be that guy who plugs his project within 30 <laughs> I'll seconds. I'll do it for um, you. Thank yeah. you very much, Ken. So, yeah, uh, this is probably the biggest uh, beef come yeah. across um, and there are three actors that claim to be the Stormtrooper who bumped his head of course cinema's most uh, iconic blooper <laughs> and uh, this was all part of the original these are the actors you're looking for I expected it to be a five or six minute YouTube video uh, if for really no reason it's turned into um, <laughs> potentially 50 minute um, we're going with documentary yeah, don't. Um, so yeah I'm doing it it's turned into an investigation um, three actors two have spoken to me one refused to speak to me died a year later Ooh, no. nothing to do with that <laughs> and I did polygraph tests on the two that are living. Uh, I went to a psychic medium to reach out to the one who died to give him a last chance to tell his story. Oh, my gosh. And uh, yeah, did it. And I've spoken to Gary Kurtz, the producer. I've spoken to the, the collaborator. I've spoken to the second AD. I've spoken to people who have nothing to do with it. Uh, just to get their opinions. I went to the place where they made the original outfits, try one on myself to get an idea of the limitations of the movement and uh, vision. And, yeah, I'm taking it quite seriously. Uh, But, you know, as as always, my my tongue is firmly in my my cheek. But at the same time, we can't prove anything, really. But I've got a jury at the end who will vote based on all the (laughs) evidence that I've acquired as to who they believe is the true uh, galactic idiot. And, yeah, it's fun. And, you know, these guys... One of them really wants one's dead, uh, but one of them really wants it. You know, really, <laughs> yeah. wants, his face really it. wants it. And I'm not going to say anything about the polygraph results at the moment, but he wants it so bad, and he's been um, signing autographs. You know, he actually his career almost. I feel bad now. His career almost depends on it because he's been signing autographs as this guy. <laughs> the yeah. other one who did the polygraph test didn't really care. Didn't really care. You know, I was, it was me, but 
Wow. <laughs> you don't have to say who, but do you have an idea of who it might actually so be? So I have to remain impartial. Yeah. Yes, of course, of course. Like a good journalist. Yeah. I will be handing over to the jury to to, to make their, their votes. Uh, put it this way. I was really, I don't believe in polygraph results, which is why I sort of added the jury element yeah. to it. I don't believe in the tests, but still, maybe they mean something. And I was surprised by the results. Some <laughs> okay. Some of them. I have to ask very quickly for my wife, because she brought it up when I was telling her about this. Is, do you feel, as an expert on this at this point, is it possible that both of these humans bumped their head on something during the filming of A New Hope, <laughs> but only one of them was captured on film? Yeah, I think I think everybody um, bumped their head at some right. point. And, um, <laughs> I, yeah, like, I realize how pointless this entire uh, thing is. Don't get me wrong. I think they all bumped their head. So yeah. technically none of them are lying. But, of course, they <laughs> bumped their head in that... Uh, one moment. Uh, one of them is more is, truthy. The thing is, like, they are like, one of them is 100% convinced it was this. You know, I've put that question to them. Yeah. And he's, you know, he said, look, you can ask the stormtroopers at the front of the charge. His name's Chris Bunn. I spoke to Chris Bunn. And he remembers being in the lineup with me. Yeah. And I was, what, two troopers behind him, you know? And so, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're so convinced. That yeah. they not only bumped their head, they bumped their head in that in that scene. in that specific mm. scene and with the polygraph test as well. They had the picture of the bump, you know, and they, <laughs> they make you lie on purpose to sort of calibrate your yeah your, your, your yeah that. or something. And um, yeah, it was very specific to that Amazing. scene. Amazing. Yeah, wow. they all bumped their head because I did tweet Mark Hamill about it, and you know how great he is yeah. on Twitter. He replied yeah. and said, "I can't help you. I was too busy bumping my head on a different stage." <laughs> <laughs> um, Sounds this, about right. Hashtag this. What's what's the line? He was. Uh, costume's too small for me or something like that. Oh, yeah. Uh, Uniform's too small. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. I love it. Uh, uh, well, we'll be looking forward to that definitely. coming up soon. We really enjoy sitting down with you here for the first edition of Force Center Meets. I, I do want you to unabashedly uh, sell everyone on what you do and tell them where they can find all this in your channel and, and follow you. Yeah, everything's just... It's all about me. It's just Jamie Stangroom. Uh, S-T-A-N-G-R-O-O-M for mother. And it's the same for Twitter, Instagram, uh, and YouTube as well. Absolutely. And yeah, uh, bear with me, but once every sort of year, I'll put a video <laughs> up. <Well, laughs> we'll get it there. We'll get it there. Well, pleasure having you in. Uh, first guest here officially on Force Center Thank Meets. Uh, Joseph Jennifer, we're going to be doing this uh, when we can, we can, when we can all squeeze into the couch yeah. with yes. special guests. So uh, we'll look forward to, hopefully you guys look forward to having more of that. As always, you can follow us on Force Center Pod on Twitter, uh, forcecenterpod.podomatic.net, Instagram, Force Center Pod. And uh, Joseph, we got uh, our stuff cooking over on Patreon. That's right. You can go to patreon.com slash Force Center. We are always building to new and hopefully even more exciting goals every time. So go check that out. Absolutely. And Jennifer, uh, you know, you got stuff still going strong on YouTube, too. Let them know where they can find your stuff. Yeah, you can find me here on YouTube, youtube.com slash Jennifer Landa. And of course, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, IGTV, at Jennifer Landa. And Joseph, your stuff as well. Yeah, that's right. I'm on Twitter and Instagram and other social media. You can try. Uh, I'm at Joseph Scrimshaw. That is my name. And you can check out my website at josephscrimshaw.com. Follow me at Ken Napsuck. We were shooting most of this on the Mevo, so it's like its own little droid. It moves around and does some weird things. Mm -hmm. I've been trying to control it as best I can. Sometimes I'll get weird shots of just me nodding my head <laughs> while the people talk. That is it. We'll see you next time here on Four Center Nights.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.